Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frog Snacks Podcast. It is episode 181, and I am Snacks with me as always is Frog. Uh, what up? And we've got some uh, we've got some topical stuff to talk about this week. Um, some hot topics, if you will. Uh, there. And now uh, the episode picture has to be hot topic. Yeah, it's. A, I, <laughs> yeah, I think maybe if, if nothing better comes up, I'll use that. And uh, yeah. so, so just like last week, uh, some fairly immediate news that we talked about uh, also happened in the last week, and so now we've got um, now we've got some stuff, some like fresh, some fresh out, some fresh off the hot stove stuff to talk mm-hmm. about. So, yep. uh, this past weekend was BlizzCon, right? And uh, BlizzCon is, uh, I guess, what you. Th- think it is right it's it's probably exactly what you think it is it's it's sort of all things blizzard they they have a uh long and storied uh you know run as as one of the premier video game developers and publishers out there so they uh i would say i i don't know when the first blizzcon was do you know what it was it wasn't not that long ago Hold on, i'm gonna look up right now because i'm trying um, to say it was like 2010 you know, something like um, that. It oh my definitely. goodness! It was 2005. The first one was 2005. What? So it's way older than <laughs> thought we were. Um, but see, see, that's the scary part because we both remember when it started. Yeah. So we're like, oh, that must have been like three years ago or something. You, you want to know how? <laughs> Try you, again. You want to know some? You want to know some crazy shit? Uh, the so the first year, and we got to talk about this. We got to talk about a lot of things. Oh, we we've got uh, for not having a topic as of ten minutes ago. We now all of a sudden have so many things to talk about. But so first BlizzCon was uh, last weekend in October of two thousand five. Um, mm-hmm. Ticket prices were fifty dollars, and <laughs> the band and the band that closed out the ceremonies was The Offspring and Christian Finnegan. Which is like what? what? First off, chill. The Offspring was my favorite band in middle school, and I haven't and I and Christian Finnegan I haven't seen do stand up comedy since high school. So yeah, this is a very two thousand five uh, lineup. Um, I was gonna say the Offspring is a little bit dated, even for two thousand five. But yeah, exactly. So um, well, uh, Lincoln Park did the closing ceremonies in 2015, and Weird Al Yankovic did it in 2016, and last year it was Muse, and then this year it was Train. Train? So, yo, they're taking out, like, they, uh, who at Blizzard is booking all these, like, early 2000s-ass bands? What is this? I think, because I think what's happening here is that a, the people that work at Blizzard have clearly a very distinct taste in like all metal and like that side of the world of music. Yeah, and clearly. B, which I mean has come come out in their games many many times, right? Um, and B, they know that their audience skews older. Like there are a lot of like old school ass oh, Blizzard yeah. fans. Oh yeah. I mean, we're talking about a company that cut their teeth on 90s RTS games. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so there are a lot of, like, stalwart, graying beard, you know, get off my fucking lawn yeah, Blizzard some fans. Like, some, like, Gen Con-ass Blizzard fans. Yeah, exactly. The Gen Con, 
attend. This is like their alternate convention, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those people are there, so I think that's the demographic they're kind of aiming at. That might be fair. So, so this, so this year, fast forward to this year, uh, Train performed uh, of Drops of Jupiter fame and nothing else, I think. And uh, yeah. ticket price is now two hundred dollars and has been since twenty fourteen. So, which is fucking absurd. Yeah. So, on. so uh, they've uh, gone a long way. Um, so uh BlizzCon was this weekend and they uh it, it it fell flat in a lot of ways. Um Oh, you're being so kind. It was a complete disaster. Yeah, Blizzard uh Blizzard uses this as as sort of a you know, way to celebrate all things Blizzard and and to also make announcements and um they uh I, I guess the the most famous one, if you've been paying attention to uh, video game news, which I'm sure you have, is that uh, they there was there were some high hopes for a new Diablo title uh, to be announced. Um, Diablo three came out, I want to say, in 2013. Um, Might be 12. Uh, 2000 and it came out for PC in 2012. Came out for consoles in 2013. Okay. So there, there was some talk. Yeah, there was a big gap in time between Diablo two and Diablo three, but uh, they've sort of you know reintegrated themselves into like the regular development schedule for for Diablo. So there was a lot of talk about there being a possible Diablo four. There was there were a lot of internal hints uh, of a new Diablo game being developed. Uh, what they ended up announcing instead was Diablo Immortal, which which is a sort of um, contracted out. Uh, uh, mobile version of Diablo and uh, everybody was uh, semi-understandably very upset. I think the word we want to use here was apoplectic. <laughs> like, like yeah. dudes were ready to burn down the Anaheim Convention Center. Mm-hmm. Like, there's going to be pitchforks in the streets you know, with people's mechanical keyboards wrapped around the hilt. It was about to be a, a nerd rage unlike the world has seen since... This is probably second only, in, in recent years I can think of, second only to the Xbox One announcement. Like, that was when, the in, as one tw- uh, Twitter person said, the internet is on fire. Like, that was the only thing that was... A bigger shitstorm than this, I think, in recent years. The uh, there are a ton of think pieces out there written about um, uh, about why the reaction was the way it was, why Blizzard responded so poorly to it, and I think what we want to focus on in this segment of the episode is more the latter rather than the former. I, I think mm-hmm. we had a, we you know Frog and I had a discussion about about this, um, you know, when, when this was, when this whole thing was going on, uh, you know, in the immediate aftermath and we were sort of like, you know, maybe we should talk about this for a podcast episode. And we kind of decided, well, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, the nerd rage that went, that went down as a result of this, we've kind of covered already, you know, we, we've sort of talked about this sort of like, you know, uh, you you know, like victimized gatekeeping, you know, tact mm-hmm. that the, that gamers employ. And this seems to be like 
at least at least a large part attributed to that and and we didn't want to want to harp on that any more than we already have uh we, we don't want to you know point the finger at gamers here because we think that you know in this case blizzard actually has a fair amount of blame to take for themselves so we wanted to actually talk about uh while while yes that is a part of it and yes you can make the argument people on the internet have made the argument oh well just don't buy the game uh we think that there is something actually to be said about about Blizzard's um, tone deafness in this situation, and we want to talk about that a little bit. Um, my personal take on it is that uh, Blizzard is is a. Uh, I would say I would say Blizzard more most closely resembles a lot of the Silicon Valley style like tech giants in, in the video game world. They've got their they, – they have a legitimate campus, right, uh, in California somewhere. I don't know if it's Silicon Valley, but it's in California. And they um, – let's see. Where is it? It is in Irvine. Irvine. So Southern California, right? Um, it, they've got – but they've got their, their famous, you know, campus, um, you know, and, and they have this – they have very much like a Google, uh, Apple-like – culture where you you're a part of the company and that company is sort of like a cult right like you you live there you work there everything right everything you do is blizzard and mm-hmm. i think that what happens in uh, i think that sometimes the product can fall into a, a crevice at some point when you're deliberately removing yourselves and and elevating yourselves from your consumer base right i think i think that there is something to be said for how frequently these these big you know gaffes happen among tech giants you know and and i think it's part of this culture that blizzard is very much a part of you know you don't really see this um in the indie sphere because they're, they're a lot of times they, they are gamers themselves. They're, they're doing this as a hobby. You know, it it doesn't necessarily make for a better product, but it it makes for, you know, something that people aren't so quick to get upset about. And and then they also don't have this, you know, like we said earlier in the show, like this, this decades, like lifetime long attachment to, you know, the products that this company puts out. So with the case of Blizzard, you've got, you know, you basically have lifetime customers that mm-hmm. you are, due to your size and company culture, moving further and further away from. And yep. with Blizzard, I think they've they they they've they've gotten into the habit of, you know, like dipping their toes in the water they've gotten really good at you know testing the waters you know not make not like not like going so like far in so that they're like you know (laughs) so like they're they're like balls get wet uh by the cold (laughs) water before their like body has like gotten used to the temperature you know what i mean they yeah like they're they're taking you know a lot of baby steps with their, with their launcher. 
you know, everything that they seem to do seems like a really big step when in reality they could be moving much further along with, with battle.net. Right. And, and, and they're not, they're, they're going very, very slowly. Um, they stick to a lot of the same, um, IPs, you know, they're, they've been making Warcraft and, and Starcraft and, uh, Diablo games since the beginning of time. Uh, you know, somebody made the argument that, a lot of their earlier games, like uh, like the Vikings game, and and even as recently as uh, Hearthstone, are, are pretty much just aped off of big extant um, concepts. Uh, but but they're they're very good at you know reinventing those concepts. So they're a pretty um, they're really a pretty conservative company when when I you say all of that out loud, right? Oh yeah, but their their uh, their claim to fame is not amb- ambition as much as it is polish, right? And and part of that polish, uh, you know, belies this understanding that they are going to be catering to the you know more enthusiastic gaming crowd, right? Yeah, they're going to be releasing things on PC first and then consoles if ever, uh, at all. And they, uh, kind of sort of, uh, they just like frog leaped all this, you know, with the new Diablo. I think they, uh, they didn't understand what the expectations were and sort of cut out these, these normal careful steps that they make and jumped straight to mobile for, for, Diablo Immortal, and I think that that was why, um, I think that was why people were upset. And then the fact that they were, they were, they, they were, they were almost in, indignant in uh, asserting that this was a good thing and that and that their fan base would like it. Um, that that stoked the fire even further, and so I think a lot more of this is on Blizzard than on their fans. Uh, like getting mad for no reason. Cause I, I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's part of it, but I don't think that that's fair, nor does it tell the whole story. I think more of the blame falls on blizzard for this one. You're right. Um, as you were talking, I remembered the thing that's been shared a lot recently, which is the Steve job, uh, Steve jobs clipped, um, which said, if I recall correctly, once you have the sales and marketing people running the company, the product consideration tends to go out the window and then eventually the company forgets what it's like to make great products at all. Yeah. Now I think that posting this in reaction to this launch is a bit of an overreaction. Mm-hmm. I mean, Blizzard has not suddenly ceased to make good products, but what is true, actually funny enough, that quote is probably closer to being true of Apple than it is of Blizzard, but that's a different story. Uh, they haven't ceased to make good products. What What is true, though, is what you said about kind of losing touch with your roots in a certain manner. Now, we should also couch all of this in the fact that, um, as Jason Schreier reported for Kotaku, it appears that they were going to announce Diablo 4 until the last minute. It seems like there's still development difficulties going on Blizzard. So, But at the same time, this is one of those – this is why I want to talk about you know, the managing of expectations, right? Mm-hmm. 
Blizzard is famous for doing things on their own time, right? But at the same time, everybody and their mom already knows that they're cooking up Diablo 4. Like, this is, it's an open secret. It's not even a secret. It's the only thing that has just not been done is official recognition. So as literally everybody has said on the internet, they could have sidestepped so much of this bullshit if they had just committed to even showing the splash screen with the Diablo 4 logo, a la Bethesda, right? Bethesda was the example trotted out. as They, they, just, they literally threw up some 15-second stupid-ass CG trailer that said Elder Scrolls 6, and people went gaga. Yeah, Same or, thing with, or Prime 4. Exactly, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Or <laughs> yeah. Nintendo or Prime 4. They literally put up a splash screen and, you know... The entire you could literally watch Nintendo World melting down that day, right? Yeah. So they could have sidestepped that if they just put aside their own pride and been like, "All right, you know, just announced it and give the red meat to the base," right? And then there's the other part of even if you say, "You know, we're really not ready to announce this thing." In what universe did you think? That okay. Let's say I'm the I'm part of the team planning the BlizzCon keynote, right? In what universe did you think that taking out Diablo Four and leaving as your major announcement Diablo Immortal, a mobile game, at you know the biggest PC centric gathering of gamers ever, was going to fly? How could you think that? Even if you say, okay, we have to cut Diablo 4 because we're not going to announce it. You then should have rejiggered the entire schedule. And if you had to announce that during a keynote, which they, again, another thing people said, that should not have been any damn keynote. They should have announced that during some panel or sent out a... Pro- that's not keynote-worthy material, right? Right. Uh, that's not things that people tune in from across the world on Twitch to watch, Right. So if they had to announce that at, during a keynote, which they shouldn't have, you announce at the beginning, let the rage start, but then you end on something like Overwatch. Like part of the tragedy to me is that, you know, this whole Diablo fiasco overshadowed the fact that they actually did have a couple cool announcements. Mm-hmm. The Warcraft 3 should have been a high, high note for them. Yep. And uh, the Overwatch stuff they showed should have been a definite highlight. You know, Ash looks amazing. Yeah. So... This was just a colossal... To me, this is like a multi-dimensional failure. Because not only were you completely out of touch to realize that this announcement was not going to go over well, but you couldn't even realize, okay, let's let's fix the presentation aspect. So you failed at managing expectations, and you failed at the presentation aspect. So this, to me, suggests a lot of... I guess, I guess a, a lack of coherent vision and understanding going on right now in the halls of Blizzard, especially if you consider the fact that, again, go back to the fact that we now know that Diablo 4 announced was pulled because it's in, I don't know if development hell is quite the term for it, but clearly in some development trouble, right? Which was also disappointing to hear because the exact same damn thing happened to Diablo 3. Again, as Jason Schreier chronicled in his book. So it's it's like what the hell is going on over there, you know? 
what more has to happen? I can only hope that this is a a bit, a bit of a wake up call, you know? Yeah, I think that's the only thing that you can hopefully take away because, like you said, that there's there you know there's some cool stuff going on. You know, they're they're not just like carefully rehashing old stuff from their ivory tower and like you know just just like uh you know like in fury road like quietly like opening up the floodgates for 30 seconds at a time and like you know they're they're churning out some some amazing stuff like we don't have to we don't have to reiterate how big of a success overwatch was as as a brand new um ip and and you know people are you know for for what it does uh and for how long it's been around, uh, Battle.net is a is a good launcher, and they're constantly tinkering with it, if not expanding it to the extent that you know some people would like. They, you know, Diablo three gets regular updates, regular seasonal uh, events and and competitive seasons, and um, you know, Heroes of the Storm is doing what well. like like all these games are good and everyone likes them. People still play World of Warcraft. People still pay $10 a month to play World of Warcraft for crying out loud. Like they're, they're doing such a good job, but like, I feel like this isn't something that should or will become a pattern. I think that they can definitely learn from this because it's not like Blizzard's falling off. You know what I mean? Some people would argue that point, but I, I fundamentally, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like there, there's still there's there's still a force in the industry, and and nobody's really. I I I don't think that there's any credible argument to to be made, other than the credible arguments that we just made about how out of touch and stupid they are. I don't think there's any credible <laughs> arguments being made that Blizzard is like, you know, lost prestige or isn't important or doesn't make good games. I don't know if that's fair or credible. Uh, if anybody does say that, I, I, I don't think that that's fair or credible. So I, I, I think that this could definitely be a learning experience. I, I somehow am amazed really, uh, at the end of the day that, um, you know, despite how, how easily criticized they were for, for any of their, uh, you know, transgressions, gaffes and transgressions that, that, um, still nobody has brought up how, how awful their taste in music is. <laughs> so, you know, as I'm looking at the, um, as I'm looking at the BlizzCon, uh, you know, Wikipedia page here and, uh, and, and looking at the stuff that they had, I mean, they very clearly have a pattern of uh of dumb and bad uh music and comedians <laughs> the the best uh the best one they had was they had tenacious d in 2010 that was at least appropriately like arid you know <laughs> um but but this one of the things that i noticed when i'm looking at this is the uh the the number of attendees increase over the years and the the ticket price increase over the years um this is clearly a very uh, big and important show, and that's great. And I think that uh, that's pretty much all we wanted to say for uh, for Blizzard specifically. But it did remind. Let, let me add a, yeah, a couple things. Please, once you know. please. 
let, let me add this. So we're talking about being out of touch. And as I stared literally at Battle.net, I thought of, oh, yeah, another instance in very recent times that they're out of touch. Battle.net. Remember that, uh, I think it was like last year or the year before, when they were going to rename it to the Blizzard Launcher, which yeah. is the most generic fucking name ever. It was just going to be Blizzard. Like, I was going to open Blizzard. And, um, <laughs> you know, which I, I, I get what they were trying to do, but that was that's like trying to change the genericized trademark of a Q-tip overnight. Right. It was It was idiotic. And I think to me that's... Emble, uh, emblemize. <laughs> that is emblematic of the current problem I think they have, which is that you get to the point where you kind of forget why you're a big deal in the first place. Like to, the idea that you are going to throw out the Battle.net name, a name, one of the most storied names in gaming, sounds silly, but it's true. Pretty much everybody knows what Battle.net is, even before like PC gaming was as quite as hot as it is right now, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what it is, and everybody kind of at least has an inkling of the pedigree. You know, one of the first uh, applications used for online gaming. Huge, huge, important history. And they were like, and it's gone. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, dude. I, I, don't know what, I, I don't know what was weirder, uh, that or booking train for the 2018... <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't get over no, train. But, but check this out. Remember, yeah. in, if we take that seriously, train at least you understood your demographic and you understood who's coming to your show and who's paying your bills. Throwing out Battle.net is a massive misunderstanding of your player base and who's coming to pay your bills. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that. I think is the core problem here that they're consistently in recent times. Missing the boat on who is actually checking for them, you know, and and that yes, that's a pretty broad swath of people, but the the core of that are very very you know, as we joked earlier, the Gen Con crowd who are not trying to hear about your fucking mobile foolishness, you know. We're trying to hear about the next real ass. PC Diablo game. So the whole thing was just, it was very silly. Uh, I thought people did react to it very poorly, which is not, you know, not to be unexpected. But Blizzard certainly teed them up for a good round of incel rage. So, um, cool. But yes, the other thing we wanted to talk is also at least tangentially related to the BlizzCon happenings. So one of the, the more curious but less contra- slightly less controversial things Blizzard has done over the last couple of years is that they have opened up Battle.net to have non-Blizzard games. But when we say opened up, it really just means they opened it to the Activision side of the company. Right. Yeah, so very Battle.net is... Surely. Hmm? I said very slowly but surely. Very slowly but surely. So Battle.net is now, in addition to the home of all of Blizzard's current titles, is also the home exclusively of, the PC exclusive home, of Call of Duty Black Ops 4, which is the weirdest fucking thing to be in there. Yeah. And yes. Destiny 2. Yep. And Destiny 2 is what we'd like to hone in on today. 
a game that I believe we have just about completely ignored on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just I mean, we've ignored it in real life, so we haven't really <laughs> talked about it on the podcast. I'm I'm not trying to make a joke here. Like you know, we we talked about. Destiny one, and we had you know we had uh, good and bad and indifferent things to say about it, and and I think um, you know we expected more. I think we I think we expected just more of the same for Destiny two, and and neither one of us got it or played it, so we just didn't talk about it. It didn't seem like it, you know, um, warranted any further explanation, unless one of us had played it and and given given an update, but but. We, that wasn't the case uh, un, until now, I guess. Yes, until now. Perfect segue. So I'm not going to recount the entire history because everybody in gaming knows it. And if you don't, you can easily find out. But let's just say that Destiny 2 has had a very embattled life cycle thus far. Uh, Bungie clearly did not learn its lesson from the embattled life cycle of Destiny 1. So they largely repeated it for two, uh, but I think there was a lot less forgiveness the second time around, especially because in, in 2018, there's so many, everybody and their mom has a game as a service. So if any one of them start to fuck up in some serious fashion, people are on to the next one. And curiously, not to get too far off the topic here, uh, but curiously, I do believe that Monster Hunter World's launch earlier this year was probably a big negative moment for the player base of Destiny 2. Because as we ourselves have known, oh, why am I fucking around with Destiny when Monster Hunter is everything that I want out of that game, but not shitty? (laughs) So, do you know what I mean? And then Monster Hunter World coming out and introducing a huge new audience to that style of gameplay. And again, doing everything that all the core things that Destiny wants to do but not shitty. I think a good number of people moved on. So that brings us to today, or rather this weekend, where the good fine folks at Bungie said, all right, so let's, let's, let's take some drastic action and give away the base game of Destiny 2 for free 99 on Battle.net. So everybody, including you, dear listener, right now, I think it's through, and it's for a long time, too. It's through the 18th. So, like, take your time. But you, dear reader, dear listener, can go uh, right now into Battle.net and and copy yourself on the house a copy of Destiny 2. I was pretty stunned to see that they had taken this step, um, especially after, you know, all the hype and all the, you know, how much it was a big deal. Do you know what I mean? Like going to the launch and even with the fact that Destiny 2 finally came to the PC, we're finally going to be on the PC. We're going to be on the big boy machine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is not supposed to be the game that had like a giveaway. Right. Mm-hmm. But here we are. And it, and mind you, yes, it's not the latest expansion or whatever, but the fact that they gave away the whole base game, that's an entire, like, I don't know, 20, 30 hour campaign that they just gave away for free. That's pretty damn significant. And I think this speaks to the fact that they need to juice the player base. We don't know much because they don't release official numbers, but given what we just laid out, 
we're pretty confident that it has not been too rosy in the last few months. So it's time to juice the player base. And what better to do, way to do that than to sing everybody's favorite word, free. <laughs> and you and I, Snacks, have both downloaded this game. I actually started playing it a little bit. I have um, not. I'm, and I, I'm, I'm finishing up Banner Saga 3, uh, but Destiny 2, I'm at least going to... I'm at least going to boot it up. It's it's installed, and I'm I'm at least going to boot it up and see what the deal yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what the deal is. Uh, the point I'm making here is that I really started thinking about the ways that companies now can come up with different ways to kind of keep people in the game. You know, sales are one thing, but you kind of got to get a little bit creative these days. Because, yeah, you can just slash the price, but at a certain point, even that is not necessarily enough uh, when there's a thousand people doing the same thing. Like, Steam sales are, we just had the Halloween Steam sale, half of Steam was on sale, the holiday sale is going to be next month, and all of Steam will be on sale. So, at some point, you kind of have to do different things that get the uh, get the blood pumping in, in different players. So for Destiny 2, the other thing that's really interesting is that they have this very fascinating new PvPVE mode called Gambit. I don't know if you heard about it. Yeah, um, I believe so. Yeah, they have this very fascinating new mode, and it's mainly part of Forsaken, the latest expansion, but this weekend it's going to be free for everybody to try out. I was like, see, this is what I'm talking about. I don't know. This gets the marketing person to me, you know, a little fuzzy. I'm like, hmm. Because uh, I like this idea of we're going to slowly throw out a little reel and try and, you know, see what we can get back in. Throw out a little lure into the pond and see, you know, what we can, can reel back in on our players. And I, I think this is an interesting strategy. So tell me what you think. Tell me what you think here. Um, I, I mean, yeah, as you were talking, I was sort of thinking about like some of the games that I follow on Twitter that play, that I play like occasionally, um, mm -hmm. that are, that are definitely games of service type games and how mm -hmm. often they have shit going on. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think right now, right now there, that's really the only two I can think of is sales. Uh, I consider giving the game away for free a sale mm -hmm. and, um, and events. Uh, we talked about how like, you know, like, uh, like the event style games. And I think, I think you can get a little creative and turn your game into an event without having like an in-game event. You know what I mean? Like we talked about how the release of like, uh, of, of like Odyssey was an event. It was like a gaming event in that yeah. everybody was sort of facing the same direction when the game came out, right? Yep. Um, That's a good way to put it. We can sort of say, all right, like I follow Sea of Thieves on Twitter. I, I got goaded into playing Sea of Thieves this year. I was not interested in it at all. And... I thought it was like really fun. Uh, I, I was like, oh, this is exactly what it was billed as, but I'm having more fun doing it than it was 
as as advertised. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm fo- I'm following the game on Twitter, and they they're constantly having things going on. They're constantly adding things to the game, and and the whole point of the game is to just get stuff, so they can say like, oh, just like add stuff, and it's more stuff for you to get. So you haven't got it yet. Now you have something to get, right? And you're gonna have fun while you're doing it. It's 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 basically Monster Hunter, but it's more relaxing, right? So, you know, with with uh, with a game like that, they can kind of w- with just the way that it is engineered, it is an event game. Um, and I think that you can engineer that in your game, right? I think you can. There's two ways to do it, right? There's, there's, uh, like, you can, there's two ways to do it. You can add an event in the game, or you can, I get, I'm I'm having a really hard time framing this. You can, you can sort of, like, redefine what it means to play the game in a way that people will want to get a part of, will want to be a part of, um, thereby creating a gamer event uh, centered around your game. So for the for so for Destiny 2 what they did here is is this, right? The game's been out for a while. Whatever, it's Destiny 2, you know, it's got its player base. It's it's fine. People are mad, but it's good, but it's like not that great, but it's like whatever, right? It's Destiny 2. And <laughs> That's what that's what people can say about it. How's Destiny Two? It's Destiny Two. Yeah, that's essentially what it's become, right? It's Destiny Two. Like, it's Destiny Two. It's like it's like the it's like the dude that you that that is like in your crew, but like you're not really sure why anymore. But like he's not annoying enough to like kick him out. But he's like you know he's fine. Uh, right. So it's Destiny Two, and so what they did is here is this, right? Uh, a, but this probably wasn't. This definitely wasn't part of their plan, but it, I think it might end up helping them, right? Um, all eyes were on Blizzard right now because of how weird their BlizzCon was. Um, the game is free, and they're having a big in-game event. So now you have both. You have the big in-game event, and you have all ga- all of Gamerdom facing in that direction, in the direction of Destiny 2. And the game is free. Like, you and I both just went ahead and got the game and downloaded it. I actually moved some stuff around in my uh, in my hard drive space to make space for the game because it was 80 gigs. And I still was like, oh, well, it's free. And huh, given all the things that are going on right now, like maybe it's the right time to check out Destiny 2. And we both did that independently of one another. So that tells me something. Yes, we did. Right? No, that's a that's a very good point. It's a very good point. So I, I think that that's obviously you know, uh, Bungie and Activision and Blizzard can engineer something like this more easily than you know a smaller developer can. But uh, this is. But the the core point is it can be upheld by anybody. Is what you're saying? Yeah, I think I think that given the right. Um, circumstances you can create an event a game a gaming event around your game and that doesn't and that is and i i'm trying to be as clear as that is different that is a different thing entirely than an in-game event 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're talking, or even a different thing entirely from, you know, the release being an event a la Odyssey, right? Yes. Yes. Because yeah. Odyssey has done very little since launch. It didn't need to, right? The game, right. Is, the game is huge and has a ton of depth to it. And everybody got it at the same time and was hype as hell for it. And it's not a games as a service game. So the, the Nintendo has their own approach where it's like they, every month they've been adding outfits. Yeah, which yeah, is kind yeah. Of a, a weird thing, but yeah. So I guess it's like a minor thing to get people. Hey, come back and check out the game a little. Yeah, but for but for like um, you know for for games like uh, for for games like. Sea of Thieves or Rocket League where, you know, I pop back in and it is ostensibly an event every time I do it. I don't know right. what it is exactly I'm going to encounter. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the beauty of Sea of Thieves is you can have, um, well, it was just, it was described as, um, by one reviewer as like, uh, it's either, it's either a, a, a casual fun road trip with friends or, the most stressful video game you've ever played. And, and I've experienced, and I've experienced both. And so when I decide that, that tonight is the night for sea of thieves, you know, I, I, you know, I, 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 I push on the Xbox and I'm like, maybe I'll have some quiet, uh, you know, whatever time with rocket league. And I see that everybody's playing sea of thieves and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I, I need to like commit to this, you know, event for the night. Like, you know, you can't, you, you can, you have to engineer something like that from the beginning. Um, but (laughs) you have to mentally prepare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can, you can sort of try and imitate that's that sort of ideal, um, through, uh, you know, through, through the way that you build the game. And through the way that you market it outside of the game, and I think that with Destiny Two, they kind of they kind of did that with with the 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 sort of um, the one two punch of the hey the game is free hey we're having this big in game event come join. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I guess it would ha- it would depend very heavily on what the game looks like and who the developer is. And what they're capable of, right? Like I, I, I can think of a couple of games that I that I play, right? That are sort of in this realm: um, Overwatch, Rocket League, Monster Hunter. Uh, you know, all these are I would consider to be games as a service, and I that I play that I play regularly, and. I don't know what they would have to do to get somebody else into it, right? I think it might be easier to say, like, what 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 is a current games as a service that I don't play? What would they have to do to get me to be like, oh, huh, maybe, right? See, that's what, where the rub is here, right? Because that's that's why I think this is such an interesting thing to explore because that's what Bungie has just successfully done with Destiny, right? Mm-hmm. We both said, nah. You know? Yeah. It was like a hard nah, it, right? Independently of one another. Yes, independently, hard no. But then they like start dangling some incentives, and suddenly you're like, hmm. 
So that's, that I think is really what we we're trying to land on. I think here, which is what's it, is this a game that we don't play? What would they have to do in this day and age to get us to be like, hmm? Well, I can tell you right off the bat, without even thinking about it. Um, WoW and FF14 removing their subscription. Um, period. I would probably mm. check them out. I would. I would. I have been curious for a very long time of like what the hell World of Warcraft looks like now. Um, right. It, it would be like going back to your hometown after moving away and not being there for twenty years. You know what I mean? I, right, right, I would. Right. I would love to see what it looks like. But I am not. I am not signing up for a subscription. I, I wouldn't even buy. Like, I wouldn't even like go through the trouble of like going to a store and paying for like a prepaid three month thing with cash and like writing in the number just to see what it looks like. Right? I wouldn't pay any amount of money for that. I just wouldn't. If they, but if they were to say. All right, uh, WoW is free now. Come back, mm-hmm. please. I would come back <laughs> immediately. I would come back immediately. Um, FF14 has mm-hmm. always, you know, kind of piqued my, especially in the last few years, has always kind of piqued my interest, right? Uh, right. If it were free, yeah, uh, of course. Why not? Um, you know, that's, that's, that's sort of a no-brainer, though. I, I, I would have to come up with another one. Like, give me another example. Give me another games as a service where I could, I could sort of lay out the parameters of what I think. Because I think for, for WoW and for FF14, like, those would probably, um, you know, pull you in their direction as well. If, if both of them remove the subscription model and we're just like, yeah, we're, we're free. See, huh, I have to think about this a little bit. Though, even the fact that you said that right off the bat... I think that's another piece of this puzzle, right? Because I think for something like Destiny to work, you kind of have to have at least a little part of you that's like, huh, you know? Like, you kind of already have to, excuse me, I've been thinking, what if? You know, what if I was playing this game? Yeah. But let's let's, let's think about some other ones, because now I'm thinking Ubisoft. Because I actually recently just started trying uh, For Honor. Okay. Uh, I played very little of it, so I can't even give you any impressions yet. But let's say For Honor, mm-hmm. which is still there's no subscription fee, but you'd have to buy the game. There are Ubisoft is actually I can't believe we didn't even think about them earlier because they're actually pretty good at this uh, trying to lower the barriers to entry. Yeah, and They've they, got they do it on like an ongoing models. basis. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, both For Honor and Rainbow Six Siege have starter editions, which are kind of controversial. Because the diff- the starter version is like dramatically cheaper than well, maybe not dramatically, but a good bit cheaper than standard. But the the rub is that you have to grind more in game to get all the different heroes or whatever in both in both titles. Okay. So some people say that it's not worth uh, whatever money that you saved off of the sticker price, right? But the fact that they do that suggests that they're trying to remove that psychological barrier to you even trying the game. Once you get a price down into like the $15 range, they know a lot of people are going to be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do it. So given that you now know, let's say For Honor, 
has a start edition and a standard edition, right? Yeah. Where where do you start to say, hmm? Um, I would probably have to... I would have to be told from an outside source because I've, I, I haven't heard anything from anybody who's played For Honor say to me... Um, Yo, this is Lady. Yeah, like, like yo, for honors actually like become part of my rotation. If somebody were, if somebody like you were to say that, if somebody like Dingus were to say that, if somebody like uh, any of my friends really were to say that, I would say, oh, really? And also, it's funny that you mentioned the uh, the starter edition is because I at one point the starter edition was uh, was free and. I didn't get oh, yeah, it because this is a couple of and I and I didn't get it because I didn't know what the difference between the starter and the standard was. I thought the starter was like a demo or something. And I was like, yeah, whatever. So mm. that's my fault for not doing the research, but it's also their fault for not stating explicitly what the difference is. Because I I looked that, at the at the Steam page and I looked at the at the page that said this is what this is and I couldn't get a an explanation as to what the starter edition was. So I passed. Yeah, that's the, that's the downside of Ubisoft's approach is that the differences between versions and such become so convoluted that you don't even really understand anymore um, what you're getting into. So that's kind of sucks. But as far as the core goal of let's get people in the door then it does what it needs to do. Because I think they see at the end of the day, all right, people will respond to the game being cheap, period. So if we make the game cheap, period, people are going to be in the door, and then hopefully we hook them with the game. And it's just, for them, I think it's as simple as that. Yeah, and that's, and that's fine. I think if I knew... Because I have heard I have heard some like respectable things about Ferrado. Nobody has told me that it's ass. So right. that, you know, given the type of friends that I have, uh, <laughs> right. is, is, is a rousing enough commendation where I would consider <laughs> it, you know? So, so I, I, uh, and I know people who have played it and, and I haven't heard anything like objectively terrible about it. So I, I would play it. I, it's, it's on my radar. I know about it. It seems like a fun concept. It seems like a cool, like, you know, um, like arena melee fighter, which sounds fun. I, I, I was never opposed to the, you know, to the, to the concept of that game. Um, right. So I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that all they would have to do is say like, Hey, listen, this is what this, this is what the standard edition is. This is what the starter edition is. If you're not put off by, you know, the limitations of the starter edition, uh, we're giving it away for free this weekend. Go, Mm. you know, yeah, I think that'd be fine. I also think that like, I also don't follow the game. There would have to be some type of like Twitter is a great way for me to be like, Oh, okay. This, this game is doing double XP weekend this weekend. This game is, uh, having this limited event that I can only get these items from this event. Right. Um, right. You know, uh, Forza just came out and they're already doing that thing. We're like, okay, well this for, for the next seven days, 
You can get this car. After that, you can't get this car anymore. Sorry. Right? That's right. I think I think that's a good incentive, but I think that after a while you're like, ah, oh, whatever. I'll, I'll I'll play it when they release a car that I think is gonna be cool. Not, you know, oh man, they don't do this very often. I need to get this car, right? Like that's a huge draw for me for Rocket League. That's which is right. that's also it's also kind of unfair because I I would play Rocket League even if they were like no new items ever, tough shit. You know, if if Psionics if Psionics sent me an email, uh, tweeted at me, if 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 Psionics sent me a DM on Twitter and said, <laughs> "Hey, listen, you can't get any more stuff anymore. You've played the game enough, and we're." reasonably certain you'll still play it even if you don't get any more new stuff i'll be like one how how do you know who i am that's really creepy (laughs) and two i'd be like you're right i'm probably gonna play rocket league tomorrow so i think and then they disappear and then they're they're like good see you tomorrow and i'm like see you (laughs) (laughs) so like i don't know it's 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 tough because it's such you can you can make yourself it, it boils down to making yourself and making and making the game present, right? If you right. if you seem like you are a presence, then I am more inclined to, like I said, keep you on my radar, right? Right. Um, the only reason Destiny Two is present to me is because I played the first one. But I don't remember he- – I don't think I've heard too much about Destiny 2. I was just telling you like Destiny 2, like I haven't really had my finger on the pulse in Destiny 2. But this isn't about Destiny 2. This is about how we know about Destiny 2, why we even know about the game in the first place, what, why we would ever consider playing a game that we know nothing about. And it's because I played the first one, right? right. I see it every right. time I boot up Battle.net. But really like the only thing I know about Destiny 2 – like somebody – you know – the, nobody can lie to me about Destiny 2. I know exactly what it's about because I played the first one. So it, it's it's all about how you kind of like burrow your way into the conscious of gamers. And, and I don't know if there is a tried and true methodology to that. I, I think that, you know, like even, even like games that aren't ga- – that, that are really not what we're talking about but ended up becoming a thing, right? Like Mm. Rocket League became a thing because it decided to be free on PS plus for a month. Yep. Right. And that was it. It sort of, it sort of took off from there. Um, but what about a game like that doesn't do anything that just exists, right? Like (laughs) we're just here. How about no? I'm serious. Like, how about Undertale? Right? Uh, how 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 can how do you trace the trajectory without without um, without a detailed line graph of sales numbers and sales figures for um, for each platform uh, and an unbelievable amount of internet research for Undertale? Saying like, oh, this article about Undertale went live on this day, sales went up by this much uh, as a result of that. 
you know, this person mentioned Undertale on Twitter and it got retweeted this many times and that's how this many people saw it and that's why this many people bought it. And, you know, and then it's just a snowball effect. But but who who knows what the catalyst is? I, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine... I can I can very easily imagine a world in which nobody paid any attention to Undertale and it would still just be out there floating around in in the Steam uh, store somewhere, yet to be appreciated at the scale it was. And I think that you you kind of need you kind of need that catalyst, but I I, ca- I can't boil it down to any type of. Um, but you know more about business and marketing than I do, but I I wouldn't even know where to start. When it comes to a catalyst like this, that that sort of makes everyone stop dead in their tracks, turn around and say, "Oh, this is I need to be a part of this," right? You, I oh, I'm simply going to say that I don't. You're right. There really isn't a put it this way. If there was a magic bullet, then everybody would be trying to use it, and that's actually part of the problem that games have right now. Is that as soon as people find something that kind of works, everybody immediately does it. So that's why, for example, you know, this whole idea of subscriptions, right? So you mentioned PS Plus. You know, PS Plus took off on the back of having, giving out games every month as part of subscription. Now every fucking body and their mom does that. To the point, you know, where we even have these PC services like Humble, Humble Monthly and now Discord Nitro doing that too, right? Yeah. So, but then at, at a certain point, it stops being an impressive formula. Because then consumers say, well, one, I'm not going to subscribe to that many people. And two, uh, this is the same stuff, either the same content you're giving out, or this concept just bores me now. So that's what makes this hard, is that even if you hit on a good idea, that may not even work the same time around for you, the originator. Because it'll be run to the ground by everybody else. So it really is a tough thing to do. Um, but real quick, just to finish out, I'll say that in the case of For Honor, I'm the kind of person where I kind of have my eyes all over the place. I think I, to some degree, have my eyes on all the service games. But I'm kind of just looking, waiting for when I read that mo- that thing that says, huh, now I'm... Re-, like when it really enters... Uh, I need to try this land as opposed to I, I have my eyes on it. Like, remember I told you I made the joke like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I had my eyes on it for a long time, but then it just slowly crept up until I finally ended up making the purchase decision on maybe not on a whim, but it had crept into my mind enough that I said, all right, it's purchase time. Right. A similar thing is happening with me and for Honor, where I had my eyes on it actually since they announced it. I had my eyes, excuse me, had my eyes on it, but, and I followed through all like the disasters of the first year because it was pretty bad. And, uh, but I said, I still want to try at some point. And I, in fact, I had purchased the start edition and I just never got around to playing it. Uh, then I heard they did a big, like the 2.0 revamp and didn't hear anything negative after that, which as you said, was already a rousing, uh, commendation. But when I decided, I was like, all right, I got to really get on the saddle was when they announced excuse me can't talk now when they announced the marching fire expansion and the new breach mode that they just put in the game last month so both of 
the contents of those impressed me a lot. And I said, this sounds new and interesting and fun. I want to get in on the, the, maybe not the ground floor, but I want to get in on this, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that formula is going to be different for everybody. But I know for me, in the case of Ferran, I was like, I want to get in on this new and interesting thing. Actually, same thing for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. This is a new and interesting take on the formula. And in the case of Destiny, it was like, okay, well, it actually, the business person to me was like, huh, they're really going to these extreme lengths to get me to try this game. So that must mean that they're to some degree confident in what they're offering. Do you know what I mean? So, all right, I'm going to bite and give it a try. So there's no magic bullet here, but I think in everything that you've said and that I've said, I think we've made the point that just just getting people to try games now is itself this convoluted yet interesting process. And I'm really curious to see I'm curious to see what this giveaway slash free weekend does for Destiny and what all these other strategies are going to do for other games to the extent that we can even know. Um, we do have Twitch as a little bit of a guide, though I haven't tracked the change in streaming numbers. I got to see if there's a website that does that. I'm sure there is. Um, but yeah, it's it's all this is just further ways for us to confirm what a wild time we are currently experiencing as far as games are concerned, you know? The, the fact that we have all these different styles of games, all these different ways to put them out there, all these different people competing for attention, and all these different, like, actually good experiences. This is not like, oh, this is ass, and this is good, and the rest of it's ass, you know what I mean? It's like, there are 12 different pretty great experiences and people have to choose like two. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, and, and we say, we say this uh, seemingly every episode now, but they're all, they're all vying for your attention. They need to be one of the one or two games that you can realistically play on a regular basis and, and realistically give some of your very little money to. You know, yeah, it's it's the Hunger Games of game sales. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's 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 tough, and I I feel like at some point, um, I feel like it's it's unsustainable, but maybe it's not. I, I'm not sure. Everybody's doing it, so maybe it's maybe it's more sustainable than I think it is. But that's a discussion for another day. Um, yep. That's uh. So so yeah, that was um. That was it. BlizzCon and, and, and Bungie and Destiny 2 and uh, Activision and all that stuff. So, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, the, the conversation never ends, as always. So if you want to continue it with us on the internet, please feel free to do so. We are on Twitter at Frogsnacks. We are on Instagram at Frogsnacks Podcast. We've got our website, frogsnacks.net. And we are on Apple Podcasts where you can rate, review, subscribe to the show, uh, all that stuff means a lot to us, so uh, please reach out if you can, and we will talk to you all next week. Peace out. Peace.